0: has overcome every situation every circumstance in Jesus name oh Lord Jesus we thank you for the cross but we thank you so much for the empty tomb Lord God we thank you Lord God that you did not leave it there Lord that you did not just die but that you conquered death once and for all and that you rose again victorious Lord God and that forever moment, God, that forever sacrifice, that forever victory will be ours in Jesus' name as we grasp to you, as we cling to you, as we hold our hand out to you, Lord God. Victory comes when we call on your name. Victory comes when we seek out your wisdom. Victory comes talk to you, Holy Spirit, to show us the way. Oh, Father, I pray that we would remember the cross, but that we would absolutely remember the tomb. As Christians, Lord, we're so used to talking about sacrifice, but we need to talk about victory. We need to talk about overcoming. God, it's not just about sacrifice. It's about sacrificing in order to win, in order to be victorious, Lord Jesus. So God, may we remember the cross, but God, may we remember the tomb. That just in that moment, we, when we thought death had found a place nowhere to be found, only life in Jesus. Father, I pray that you would just be with us this morning. You would help me, oh God, to preach this word that you have given to me. Lord God, I pray that the message would come through clear, that the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, God, would just illuminate and make powerful the, the words that you have already inspired those to write down, you would bring them alive and bring us closer to Jesus today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Whew. want to see what else I can make them do? Thank you, Pastor Corey. Uh, We've been talking about the promises of God. We've been talking about God's promises to us and that this is what we need to share with people. This is what we need to give them. We need to give them the good news of the gospel. Okay? We need to give them the good news of the gospel. Not that Jesus just died on the cross for our sin, but that he rose again. But that he rose again that he's not dead. He's alive. He's interacting with me right now. And you right now the spirit of God is in this place interacting with all of us. And people don't realize necessarily. They may know Jesus for what he did and died on the cross and and for goodness sakes, I just I just I don't want to see an image of Christ on the cross. Cuz he's not there. He's not there. He is risen, he is Lord, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he sits down at the right hand of the Father, and that's where he is. We should, like, make necklaces with empty tombs on them, okay? Like, that's what we should do. That's all I'm saying. Like, where is that emblem, right? Where is that emblem? Where is the emblem of the risen Lord, okay? Okay, the cross was an amazing place in what God, and he sacrificed for our sin. But I want to remember the tomb. I want to remember the victory. Someone's got to make a necklace like that, like, Seriously. Some sort of pendant, some sort of thing that that talks about life, that talks about victory. I don't know what symbol that is, but for goodness sakes, this is what we need to remember. Sorry, I was just, you know, I was just getting going there. uh, Because it's Easter. It's Easter Sunday. We live in a, in a society where we talk about these promises of God, and this is the good news, and we, we have to share this good news because, because it's truth to us, it's life to us. Did you feel the spirit of God this morning? Did you, did you, did you get a sense that, that God was here? Because I did. And everyone can have that sense. Everybody can have that connection with God. but they don't know. They have to know. We have to tell them. And these are some of the good things that we can say this morning. We're talking about the God and his promises and the good news because we're we're so excited. We want people to come and see who Jesus is. We want people to see who Jesus is. This morning, uh, it was funny that Todd said he posted something on YouTube Uh, About the comedy night because YouTube has become this place where uh, it it isn't just about uh, It it isn't just about cool things. It's not just about clips from television shows Now you've got people making videos of themselves because they want to be famous Right The reason that you put a video on YouTube is because you want people to watch it right That's why you do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't put a, a video on there. But there are tons and tons of people. You can go on there and look on YouTube and see all the people who are doing things on YouTube. And they've got their cameras set up. And sometimes you can see some pretty funny stuff. But the point is, is that the, the reason people put it on YouTube is because they want to be known. They want to be famous. They want people to know who they are. They want people to see that they're doing something unique. They're doing something extraordinary. They're doing something that, that you need to see that's special about them. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't videotape myself uh, trying to put to, anything together with my hands. I don't do that because you wouldn't want to watch that. The reason you wouldn't want to watch that, because you would go insane. With me, as I do it. No one puts that on there because I don't necessarily feel special about what I can do with my hands and tools at the same time. So I don't put that on YouTube because I don't want anybody to watch that. But the reason you put it on YouTube is because you want people to watch. It's because you want people to have a little bit of insight into you and says, this is something a little cool about me, and I want to share it with you. There's this passion, this desire to be recognized this desire to be recognized as I have this gift or I have, there's something special about me and I want people to know that. I want people to recognize that. And if you've posted stuff on YouTube, I'm not slamming you today. I'm just saying I haven't done it because I haven't done it. I don't know. I'm not slamming you. It's just, this is why. And there's this this idea that's saying I, I want to be special. I want to be unique. I want to be, I don't want to be ordinary. Do you get that? You know? You know that feeling that feeling? I don't, I don't want to be ordinary. I don't want to be the average. I don't, there's this feeling that, that there's something wrong with that, that there's, okay, that, that you can't be average and I can't be ordinary. And, like, I, I, and there's this passion to be noticed. And I think sometimes as Christians, we feel as though that we just kind of want to blend in we just want to blend in. We don't want to create too much of a ruckus. We don't want people necessarily to get too frazzled. We don't want to be offensive. We don't want to scare people with the gospel. We don't want to hit them in the head with our Bibles. And we decide that average is okay. The problem with that is, is that we don't serve an average God. We don't serve an average God. We don't serve an ordinary God. This isn't, this isn't, just, one, this isn't just one of the, uh, you know, like the Greek, the Greek gods. There was like, I don't know how many Greek gods there were. But it was just one of the gods. This is the God. This is the one. This is a supernatural being, a divine being that does supernatural things. And the message of the cross, the message of the empty tomb is Supernatural. There are extraordinary things happening here and I believe that as Christians, if we want to share the gospel and share good news, the part of we want things that we need to share is the reality that we don't just serve a God, this is not just a social club, we don't have necessarily a handshake. We could make one, but then new people would come and they'd have to learn it, it wouldn't be worth it. We don't want to make a handshake. This isn't just a social club. We're here to serve a supernatural, extraordinary God. Right? And the proof is that Jesus was extraordinary. What happened in the Bible, what happened on Easter Sunday was extraordinary, was supernatural. There was nothing normal about it. In church, if we as Christians are selling normal, and I wouldn't want to buy it either. I wouldn't want to buy it either. Hey, I've got this. I, I, you know, I've got this faith. It, it's okay. You know, listen, Jesus, he's okay. He's all right. I mean, you should come. Like, that's not a good sell job. Like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna come. No one's gonna accept that because the reality is, is that nobody just wants the normal. Well, that's the amazing thing about God is that He's not normal. He's extraordinary. There's stuff going on here. Mark 16, verse 15 that things shouldn't be ordinary, things should be normal. He said to them, Jesus said to this after he, came, he rose from the dead, after he was just about to, to leave them and ascend into heaven, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, and they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and they will drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them, don't do that. And they will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Signs will follow. Extraordinary signs. Supernatural signs. Amazing things will follow. Sounds like to me, that we're supposed to be living extraordinary lives. That this Christianity is not supposed to be just normal. You know, when I was a kid, when I grew up, I thought wearing track pants until I was 14 was normal. I did. When I, you know, the school, when I was in elementary school, they sold track pants and track suits, and uh, I would buy those track suits and wear them, and they were all white, white, white white top, white bottom, a completely white tracksuit. I was 12. And I wore it to school with pride because I thought that was normal. And I'm not saying if you're all about that, that's okay. I mean, Pastor Cory's wearing white pants today, but he's not wearing a white top, so he's fine. But the point is, is that it, that to some people that's, That's just normal, that's that's just regular, and you don't know anything different. But the truth about the gospel is that we need to recognize, we need to let people know what God is doing because it's not just normal. It's It's not just something that happens every day. This is an interactive experience and relationship with the Holy God. Signs will follow. So here's some extraordinary things that have happened in the process of Jesus rising from the dead. Uh, it's in Matthew, I think it's Matthew twenty-seven, forty-five. is that what I got? Yeah, Whew. nice. From noon until three, here's what's going on, from noon until three, this is when Jesus is on the cross. Noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land, and about three in the afternoon, Christ died in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which you did pretty good yesterday on Friday, that was, that was awesome, my, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But when some of those standing heard this, he said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, none of the, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar and put it at his staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. And the rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And in that moment, a curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth shook and rocks split and the tombs opened. And bodies of many of the holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Stuff's going on. Crazy stuff. Like, not normal stuff. Like, after church today, some of you will probably go and eat something afterwards, and that'll be regular normal, because it's Easter, and we eat. Here's what's happening. Jesus, while Jesus is on the cross, all of a sudden, from 12 to noon, first thing happens, 12 to noon, darkness. Okay. Noon. Darkness. Okay. They're not in Antarctica. Okay, It doesn't count. So darkness for three hours for no reason at all. Darkness. Second thing that happened, the there's, 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 Bible says there's an earthquake. An earthquake happens. Okay, Jesus on the cross. Okay, so maybe the darkness, something's going on. It's bad weather. You know, the weather channel said that there might be, you know, clouds. Okay. But now, during this, you know, after this darkness, then all of a sudden, the the earthquake, there's an earthquake. Okay, well, earthquakes happen from time to time. This is pretty normal. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. Okay, now it's getting a little, like, Walking Dead-ish here. Like, it's not, it's getting a little bit weird. Now, tombs are opening, and people who were dead have come to life. Real people funerals would have happened and people come to life the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom now this wasn't, like, this is, this is, wasn't one of your cheap bed sheets from Walmart 300 count thread sheet count it wasn't one of those we're talking about a heavy, heavy, heavy curtain from the top to the bottom That was ripped in two. It wasn't ripped by man. You couldn't do it. No one took a chainsaw. No one was behind the curtain laughing. What are they going to do about this? It was an extraordinary thing that happened. And the first thing I want to tell you about the extraordinary power of God is that he has power over the earth. The God that we serve has power over the earth. I have every reason to, if I am doing, if we're doing a event outside for church, we have every reason to pray for sun and to pray against rain. Right? We serve a God who's in control of the universe. So that means I can ask him to do extraordinary things on my behalf. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Or how can you even expect that? This is why I can expect that. Because when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, crazy things happened to the earth because the earth is responding to what Jesus is doing. And so that means to me is that, God, if I am in need and I need something supernatural, I'm going to pray for it because I serve a supernatural God. If we want to decide that God's not a supernatural God, then we don't pray for those things. Then we don't pray for healing. Then we don't pray for sunshine. Then we don't pray for extraordinary things to happen, and we can just be normal. Well, that's a little bit too weird. Why would I pray for that? I mean, come on. That's not going to happen. That's not the God that we serve, is it? We serve a supernatural God. We serve a God that when we pray and the, the sun stands still and the day is longer so that we can defeat the enemy. We serve a God who heals. It's been a part of our congregation. We serve a God who does extraordinary things and who is taking care of us. Church, you've got to understand that every year, every year that we have planned Family Fun Fest, every single year we've been able to put on this event. And we have prayed for sun. Now, not every time was it sun, but we got to put it on every year. We got to do it. He's a supernatural God. He does supernatural things. He still heals people. He still delivers people. He still does miracles. He does extraordinary things. And sometimes we don't want to talk about those things. Sometimes we want to keep those things to ourselves, because that doesn't sound normal. We don't serve a normal God. We serve a supernatural one. And I think we should tell people, well, I don't want to look crazy. Well, then look normal. But what's that getting you? What does normal get you? What does average get you? Gives you a frustrated life, a life probably not filled with a ton of faith, just trying to get, get your way through. I don't want to just get through. I want to win. I want to see people see this power of God. Okay, so the, the second extraordinary thing I'm going to in Matthew 28 verse two. Okay, so here comes another earthquake. Okay, so there was an earthquake and then there was another earthquake. <laughs> okay, it wasn't the same earthquake. Jesus is on the cross and the earth shook. So that's one earthquake, okay? So now this is, on the, this is on the third day. This is the third day when Jesus rose again, Matthew 28, verse two. There was a violent earthquake, second earthquake in three days. Something's going down. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven we're going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. This is such a funny picture. Why are you sitting on the stone? <laughs> his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow, and the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Don't be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Now go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see, there you will see him. Now I have told you. You know what I was wondering? I was wondering why didn't Jesus just show up? Like, what's with the angel? Like why? Why the angel? Like why doesn't is why isn't it just Jesus who's there? Think about it. Right? Why are this extra step of angel? What's the point? Have you ever thought about it? I, I just don't get it. I, I, was, just, I was thinking to myself, why, would, why, would, why wouldn't Jesus be sitting on the, on, the, on the stone? Like, why wouldn't it just be Jesus? Why is there an angel there? What's the point? Because there's a point to it, right? There's got to be a reason. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. There's got to be a reason. And I, I have come to this conclusion that this is what I believe about what's going on, is that in the, in the days of the Old Testament, God spoke to the people of Israel through angels. Angels would appear, would appear to, to Gideon. He spoke to them through, through angels. So the people of Israel would have known that an angel represents God. You see, maybe they would have seen Jesus and thought, it's a ghost. It's not real this is evil. Maybe they would have seen Jesus and they would have been like, this is a trick, this is a hoax. They must have, something must have happened. But God knew the past of the Israelites. And so instead, he sends an angel. An angel appears to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds. He sends an angel. Why? Because he's trying to prove, to, I believe he's trying to prove to Mary, this is from God. This is divine. This is actually real what's happening to you. It could be Jesus right there, but this is confirmation to you that this is not just some crazy event. This is not just some crazy miracle. This is sent from heaven above that what, hap- what is happening here is, yes, supernatural, but is absolutely from God. trying to prove to them, saying, look, he's not here. And then Jesus appears to them later. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Why is the angel even there? He wants to prove to them that even with their own eyes, that if an angel comes and says something to them before, that it's a confirmation. This is what the angel said, and now here's Jesus. God has spoken to us. This is something that God has done. And for some people, we need to make the connection. We need to make the connection from the extraordinary to the divine. Some people want to explain away the extraordinary. Right? They want to explain away the miracle. They want to explain away the healing. They want to say it was something else, was something this. It's up to us, church, to give that extraordinary thing a name and to give it credit to who credit is due, and that's Jesus. Here's the example of God making sure that people knew that this is from God. This is, from, I've, this is how I've spoken to you in the past, and I'm trying to confirm this is how I'm doing something in the future. Here's an angel to confirm what I'm doing. Finally, Jesus is not trying to hide who he is. He's proclaiming. You know, Jesus was flying, flying under the radar. Even Remember, even on Palm Sunday, they came in and like, who is this Jesus? And they said, he's a, he's a prophet. But here's Jesus now declaring he is the son of God. He is risen. He is Lord. And this is actually from God. This is actually from him. They're used to hearing from people through angels. They're hearing from God through angels. So he sends sends the angel to confirm. Church, we need to confirm what God is doing. We need to tell people what God is doing. He is risen, he is Lord, and God is doing extraordinary things in our lives. And it's not just by accident. And there's the temptation in those moments Then when God does extraordinary things in in our lives that we kind of defer and say, well, we don't want to tell people that it was Jesus. But that's how... Because we we don't want to... We don't want to act weird. Right? Something great happens in your life, even a miracle happens in your life, a financial miracle, a relational miracle, or God, you know, delivers you from some sort of thing, or God figures something out for you on your behalf And you think to yourself, there's a part of, you're praising God for it, but we, for some reason, we don't tell people that because we, we just tell people that and they'll just be like, oh, wow, good luck. Well, that was great, great luck. Wow, how Fortunate you are. Church, we're not fortunate. God is working on our behalf, doing supernatural things. And we need to point people to Jesus, saying, this isn't just happened to me because it's it's a coincidence. It happened to me because of Jesus in my life. God sends the angel to confirm it's God. This Jesus... Rising from the dead, this is from me. This is godly. The last thing that's extraordinary to me is after the Sabbath, Matthew twenty-eight, one, after the Sabbath, on the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Verse nine, sorry, verse eight. And then verse 9 says, Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and they will see me. Here's, here's another extraordinary thing. You know the first person Jesus reveals himself to? A woman. Is that extraordinary today? No. Is that extraordinary 2,000 years ago? Yeah. If I was trying to make up a story, if I was trying to make up a story about Jesus rising from the dead, and I was going to choose who would have the first account of that proof, I would have not have picked Mary Magdalene. I would not have picked her, because she would not necessarily be a credible witness. Mary is the person that Jesus revealed himself to first? Mary? You've got to put yourself in the context. This is where the, this is where the extraordinary part of the, of the Bible comes into play, and you've got to understand what's going on. You can't just read the Bible and, and translate it into 20th century living. You've got to understand what was happening back then. That when Jesus died on the cross in those day and age, a, a woman wasn't respected as someone who, who, who was educated or had knowledge. They weren't just, they weren't respected. They were treated as property. If you think women were treated badly now, let me tell you what it was like back then. It was awful. So if I was making up a story and I wanted it to be a credible story, I wouldn't tell it was Mary. Mary? All four gospels confirm it was Mary first, by the way. Every account says Mary. Everyone, first person, saw Jesus alive was Mary, a woman. You can't make that stuff up. It's not made up. It's real. God uses and does extraordinary things with everybody. To the least of these. And in those day and age, it would have been Mary Magdalene. Okay, she was filled with like five to seven demons. I'm not sure if it was five or seven, but one's enough, okay? So, like, I, you know, I'm just saying, like, this, is, this was a demon-possessed woman who was delivered by Jesus and became one of his followers. If I'm going to pick someone to tell my fraudulent story, it's not going to be Mary Magdalene. So the truth is, is it wasn't a fraudulent story. Jesus went to Mary first. Because he uses all sorts of different people and this is where this is where it helps us understand that we don't have to get we shouldn't get discouraged about God reaching to every sort of sort of person. That we shouldn't get discouraged thinking to yourself, okay, well, God only moves through a certain group of people, through a certain group of, uh, a certain context, because that's just not true. The extraordinary happens to everybody who's looking for Jesus. Anyone who's looking for Jesus. He spoke, you know, he spoke through Mary. Uh, later on, it says, the centurion said, surely this man is the son of God. I just killed him. This man is a son of God. Centurion? If I wanted someone to confirm this, I think I would have used one of the high priests. I would use one of, I would use one of the Pharisees who would have turned their backs on, on the Pharisees and said, oh, well, this is who Jesus is. But nobody does that. It's a centurion. It's Mary Magdalene. God shows himself to shepherds. Most unlikely, most unexpected people. God saves people. And what's more than that, he uses those people to show how extraordinary he is. So whether, whatever your self-opinion is of yourself and you think to yourself, I'm too normal, I'm too average. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how normal or how average or below normal or below average you think that you are. The reality is, is that we serve an extraordinary and supernatural God. So he takes everybody, whether they're average, extraordinary, whatever talents that they have, and He says, I can use them to show how great I am. Unlearned in bed, the the 12 disciples were like a motley crew of young teenagers who were all over the place. Fishermen from Galilee and tax collectors, and, and one of them betrays them, and Simon the Zealot, and just what a crazy group of guys. These are the ones he picks. God changes people. It doesn't matter your opinion of them. It doesn't matter even their opinion of themselves. He can do extraordinary things to just ordinary people. I had a friend when I, went to, when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, I wish I was bolder when I was in high school. I wish I had said more. I wish I did. I wish I said more. And then after I left high school, I found out that this guy got saved and it blew me away. This guy who was my friend at school, who I thought to myself, there's no way. You have that story? Anybody else have that story? Anybody else have heard that story where you thought to yourself, there's just no way that God could get a hold of this person. And all of a sudden, God does it. Changes their life completely. They, turn in, they, they go from being a mess to being something extraordinary because of the amazingness of God. He's extraordinary God. There's nothing normal about him. There's nothing ordinary about him. So let's stop trying to think to ourselves to try and fit God into a normal or ordinary category. Because there's nothing normal going on here in this story. There's nothing ordinary. It's all extraordinary. I mean, there's earthquakes and bright people rising from the dead and and the veil being torn in two. There's angels showing up all over the place. And he's using people that shouldn't be used. Extraordinary stuff. So what I want you to begin and understand to believe today is that God promises the extraordinary in our lives. Church, God promises the extraordinary in our lives. The Bible said at the beginning, he said, for those who follow Christ, signs will follow them. And I think in North America, we've given up on the extraordinary. I think we've given up. I think we think to ourselves, well, I just don't see it, so I, just, I, just, I guess I don't, this doesn't happen for us. There must be something wrong with me or there must be something wrong with us. I'm tired of settling The normal. How about you? Because that's just not what the Bible says. Because God's doing extraordinary things, pretty abnormal things across the world. Hey, Nancy. Pretty crazy stuff. Well, it's time to bring some crazy to North America. You know what I'm saying? Time to bring some crazy. Time to bring some extraordinary to North America. Time to start bringing it to Bradford Community Church. Let's get a little crazy. Let's get a little extraordinary. Let's get a little supernatural because I'm telling you, this is something the world wants to see. World wants to hear. They don't want to be connected to normal. They want extraordinary. Watch YouTube. They want to show you something extraordinary about them. They're desperate to have something extraordinary be, noted, be recognized in them. They wanna feel special, they wanna feel used, they wanna feel significant. I'm telling you, those are three things that absolutely Jesus brings to their life. Absolutely. Sometimes when I'm hungry, I like to go looking for new restaurants. And there are moments when we're driving places and I say to my wife, I'm like, what about there? And I kind of get this look from her like, we're not going in there. Anybody else had this conversation with their spouse? See, spouse, wasn't that safe? And sometimes we can look at the storefront and make a judgment call and say there's no way it could be good in there. Right? I'm a garage sailor. (laughs) I'm a garage sailor, okay? Anybody else a garage sailor? Anybody else? Just me? Okay, well, you don't have to agree or put your hand up. That's fine. I mean, I can do it all by myself. In fact, if less of you are garage sailors, I'm going to do better. It'll be better for me if you just stop being a garage sailor because I'll find more stuff. But sometimes you, if you're a garage sailor, sometimes you, like, go to the garage sale and you try, and you, you, you have to maximize your time when you're a garage sailor because there's only so many places you can go because you run out of time. Like, if, if, if you're still garage sailing after 10 o'clock, most of the deals are gone. So you want to maximize your time between 7.30 and 10 o'clock. And so, but the point is is that you have to decide with each garage sale whether or not you're going to get out of the car. Right? Because if if the garage sale doesn't look good from the curb, you think to yourself, oh, there's nothing there. Oh, there's nothing there. If the restaurant doesn't look good from the curb, oh there's nothing inside. And yet some of the greatest restaurants are the places that look awful from the outside. But you walk in and you're like, this is amazing. Like if you ever want to eat sushi, Sapporo in Hamilton is like a storefront, downtown Hamilton. It's beside a variety store and a dry cleaner in like a horrible part of town. But you walk in and you're like, this is the best place to eat sushi on the planet. And that is what, is ex- what can be extraordinary about us. Listen. I'm just a guy trying to wear an Easter color shirt on Easter. (laughs) But the God inside of me, there's nothing normal about him. There's nothing ordinary about Christ. And he doesn't bring ordinary to our life. He brings extraordinary. He doesn't bring normal. He brings supernatural. That's what he brings. And this is what he promises. And this is what this, the Easter story is all about. It's not just that Jesus, okay, he died on the cross and he rose again. There, this is amazing. This is a story that changes people's lives and that can change people's lives and go from darkness to light for no other reason but Jesus. That's the only reason. I think people should know I think people should know that the God we serve is supernatural that he still does miracles he still heals he still saves he still delivers and it doesn't matter what you look like from the curb doesn't matter what they look like from the curb God can take whatever you got and whatever I got and do supernatural things. Because he took the most average, most normal group of people on the planet and changed the world through them. And he wants to change the world through you and through me. The God we serve, the extraordinary, supernatural risen, Lord. Amen? Would you bow with me? I'm going to have the worship team to come back. Father, we just come to you today. And we want to be reminded, Lord God, that Living is normal, or you feel like it's just ordinary, and you feel like what What is going on? Where is God? Where is He? The truth is, is that He's right in front of you. He's with you, and never leaves you, or forsakes you just wants a better relationship. I'm not going to try and sell you an average guy because he's not. I can't give you a formula to make the extraordinary happen in your life. The only, one I can, the only one I can give you is get closer to Jesus. And the greater relationship that you have with him, the greater commitment that you have to him, then signs will follow. to make sure that we have a chance to, if there are those here, to give their lives to Jesus so everyone could just close their eyes and bow their heads. This morning, if you'd like to make a decision to follow Jesus, to follow Christ, I can't promise you that it's going to go perfect. I can't promise you that it's going to make everything in your life perfect all I can tell you is that it won't be regular that you'll still go through some tough times but that God will do extraordinary things to show his faithfulness to you in those extraordinary times in those tough times so if you'd like to give To Jesus this morning, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I'd like to pray a prayer with you. Is there anybody here this morning who just lift your hand up and down, and I can just pray for you, and then thank you very much? Anybody else? Started in their faith. And if you're praying this prayer for the first time, it doesn't mean that you've prayed it once and you're done. It means this is the first day of your relationship with Jesus and in order for that relationship to work, it has to go beyond this prayer. So would you pray with me this morning? Say, dear Jesus, Jesus. thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. again conquering death forgive me of my sins I give my life to you I put you in charge show me the way in Jesus name we pray amen this morning if you have any other questions about what we just prayed about Pastor Corey's at the back got some material for you. The Bible says that there are angels in heaven proclaiming that holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Constantly proclaiming His holiness. Constantly proclaiming that God sits on the throne and that this truth when Jesus died on the cross and rose again that we can connect with this truth that we can say yes holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come that he still does extraordinary things and that we serve an extraordinary God and worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb which means it was worth it for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and he was qualified to die on the cross for our sins and rise again. So that means we can proclaim that what he did is true and it works and it's real. That's why we sing.